1: back to rule the roost podcast i'm your host te jackassi trunk um and i'm joined as ever by mr raj baines hello raj how are you this evening i'm not too bad mate how are you i'm very well thank you very much we're also joined this evening by the cool calming dulcet tones of mr sebastian Stafford blore sebastian how are you this evening
2: Alright now, I I feel a little bit like I'm on some sort of late night T V chat show, but that could be fun. Let's see how it goes. I've got
1: like one of those thin ties on and I'm just slowly puffing on a gallwhile cigarette. Yeah. Kind of that like that jazz club skit in Fast Show. I don't know if you remember. Are you that.
2: eating sort of segments of an apple? Yeah. With a toothpick.
1: But I've yeah. sliced up with kind of like a little pocket knife that I carry around for some yeah. unbeknown reason with an ivory handle. That's a bit meta, isn't it?
0: Meta. I feel like you should uh, should be like reading out text from people with like sending messages to their loved ones.
1: Hmm.
0: I've got a text here from oh, Craig who just wants to tell Jenny that this song's for her and only her. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: for all you yeah.
1: lovebirds down <laughs> in Southwest London.
2: Lee wants to say that he's very sorry for what he <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And here's a new
1: number by Sam Smith. We um, are about Sam Smith we started going. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're second in the league, lads. We're second in the league and people aren't happy. Before we... Really,
0: people aren't happy.
1: Yeah, I know. Before we dive into really like the 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 full ins and outs if you like of where we are are you still fixages. doing the voice or have you
0: have you just forgotten that you're doing the voice now i've
1: kind of forgotten that i'm doing the voice i'm trying to put on a put on a radio voice i quite like it because sometimes i uh i listen back to the podcast and i think fucking hell you are a jarring prick um, <laughs> it's nowhere to so talk I'm about trying Seb. To, well i'm trying try to round it off slightly and no i'm gonna stop um Yeah, before we kind of go into the ins and outs, like where you know where we've been, where we're going, like can you see any conceivable reason? I mean, it does. It generally seems to be revolving around the fact that the one year we are having such an incredible season, Leicester City are having their own equally, if not more so, incredible season, and there is every potential that in Tottenham's kind of best chance of winning the league in a long time, we might actually lose out to Leicester. Um, Now, when you put that in kind of black and white terms like that, yes, that's frustrating. But there are added complexities
0: to this situation.
1: Would you not say, Raj Baines?
0: Uh, No, I think anyone that dislikes what Leicester are doing are elitist scum. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really. No, I I understand sort of the, uh, the, the paradigm. Um, that has been created by this Leicester fairy tale season, um, and it's it's natural, isn't it, to to sort of compare yourself to them? It's what the league table essentially does every week. Um, but when you're ahead of everyone, that you rarely finish your head off, but still not winning the league, um, it, there is a frustration there. But I think you have to sort of. Take a step back and and sort of recognise that there are a few games left to go and we've no idea how it's how it's going to finish. I mean, Leicester could absolutely bottle it, we could bottle it, and you know, City or Arsenal could go on an unbeaten run from now until the end of the season. It's uh, we've seen this league go you know top to tail too many times late on for us to be making any sort of um, conclusions at this stage. It's just I think one of the frustrations are and one of the reasons the the behavior from the fan base perhaps is slightly questionable and strange is because we've never experienced this before this isn't something that we as fans are used to dealing with on a sort of emotional level on any sort of level really we don't know how to behave or or discuss or anticipate what's going to happen it's an entirely new thing for us i mean if we were to speak to uh, Manchester City fans around a couple of seasons ago or, or Chelsea fans from 10 years ago I imagine they had much the same um, sort of uh, that that period in which they were getting used to that success and things towards the end of the season because it's, uh, it's an odd thing to get your head around um, although obviously the the one way in which we've reached where we've reached is is very different to the way in which they have. But it's it's just about sort of taking it as it comes, really. It's a, we've got to have the same mentality that the, the players do and, and not try and overthink the situation we're in, just sort of, you know, enjoy it if possible and what becomes of it, becomes of it.
1: Seb, do you, do you think there's anything to be... Taken from the, as much as it could, I, I'm not. I'm not going to act holier than now about it. I agree with pretty much everything Raj has just said there, and I do. I, I I just for complete clarity, I'd be fucking pissed off if we finished second to Leicester. Like I do, I completely get the fairy tale stuff, so on and so forth. But I would be pissed off. I I can't I can't lie about that. But at the same time, I wouldn't be pissed off with spurs for finishing second I wouldn't see it as a failing on our part
2: I I'd would, be pissed off with the universe basically I think
1: yeah you know and I think I think that's kind of the yeah. point that maybe some people are missing is that like this shouldn't be a reason to start jumping on the well actually you know what if levy had signed or if we'd have beaten Newcastle <laughs> at home or if we like okay maybe the beating Newcastle at home thing is Perhaps a valid criticism but at the same time we beat Man City 4-1 at home you know it's you you can't guarantee a win against every single team you know you're not going to go a whole season unbeaten Um, I mean that's happened once unfortunately for us as to who it was that did that Um, but I mean I'd just be I'd be interested to know kind of where you lie on the whole thing Seb as well
2: Um, I think there's a bit of perspective at work. I think that, um, I'm not going to lie. If if we, if we end up finishing second to Leicester, who in every other, um, realm of possibility should not be where they are. That's not to diminish from what they've achieved, but yeah, it's going to be annoying. But then I think you temper that by saying, well, you know, I, I'd still rather finish second to Leicester than finishing second to Arsenal. I, yeah. I think it's sort of it's a it's bearable, and I I think also that you you got to remember that I mean um I I still think we'll win the league, but then if we finish second. That's still pretty great. I mean, it still puts us in the Champions League. It's, still, it's absolutely incredible, you
1: know, really, isn't
2: it? It's still a you know, an enormous achievement for a club of of our means, and I don't care that people asterisk it by saying that oh well everybody else around you is on the cheat I don't care about everybody else. You know, we've done what we've done. We've beaten Manchester City home and away. Um, we, you know, we outplayed Arsenal on their own ground. I mean, we've had some really good days. Um, and it's been a great season. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the year. And, um, you know, I, I can't see that changing. It's just whatever it will be, will be. And I'm, I'm pretty laissez-faire about it. That's you know, something I desperately want to... I, I I, I don't think um, I'd need Tottenham to, to win anything ever again if they won the Premier League this year. Um, but it would... Um, I don't know, I just all I want from my football team is to enjoy the ride and for, for us to, I know we joke and we talk about how excruciating it is to sort of pour over the fixture list and, look it, is at the table excruciating. and it, it is very difficult. And the time passes so slowly at the moment, but then I love that we're in that situation in a way, in a kind of perverse way, because it means we're relevant. And, and this time at, at this time, um, every year, usually where we're talking about, you know, a crucial Europa league game and, you know, but this season we're gonna go all the way to the end of May and it's gonna be it's gonna be this intense all the way through, and I think there's something as difficult as it will be, there's something great about that.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, I can buy into that so I can buy into that. Um another one of the reasons why people have been a bit angry this week and this is a, a decent segue, is uh Maurizio Pochettino's Europa League squad selection for our big clash against Dortmund last week. Um let me let's let's go to you first, Raj. What were your what were your initial
0: thoughts as the team sheet was released for Thursday? I was I was quite happy. Um, I was uh, I was entirely understanding of of uh, what I thought was a reasonable decision. He, he'd done exactly what he had done in every other Europa League game, um, and you know there was people who sort of took that as him being scared of Aston Villa, but I think it was more. Uh, A reaction to what had happened in the two previous games in the league um, with Arsenal and West Ham, and realizing that sort of if you if you play your best team at Borussia Dortmund and then come back during a a title chase and uh, rotate against Aston Villa away and don't get three points from that game, you've you know you've cut off your nose to spite your face and you've made the wrong decision and sort of by prioritizing one competition over the other which i think he's he did by sort of not directly but he did by just sticking with the policy he has done all the way through the europa league um he he safeguarded that game and he made the, the aston villa game that bit that bit more easy for the team to manage because the, you know the first team were playing and and they were able to perform as as we know they can in that fixture and get themselves back on track um as they needed to i mean there's there's people who've who've mentioned sort of carabag or or things at the earlier on point of the season but it was a completely different context around in that football match we we weren't challenging for the league at that point we had fresher players we you know uh, there's just so many things that weren't you know available to us now that uh, available to us then that are now and it's it's sort of it's um it's plucking something out to to fit a narrative that doesn't really fit. Um, and as far as Dortmund are concerned, they would have they could have given our first team that if they performed that way against our first team, it may well have not have finished too much differently. They were they were absolutely fantastic. We may well have gotten on the, the the score sheet. We probably would have given a better account of ourselves, and it wouldn't have been as one sided. But because of a freak season last time out there in the Europa League, well, normally there'd be. Challenging quite high in the the Champions League and going to this stage for definite with the the way they're playing. Um, they've they've had a, a shortened league season compared to ours. With four less teams, they've had a, a winter break and 16 points <laughs> at the time the game was played ahead of the the next team behind them. So they had luxuries afforded to them with their team selection that we don't with ours. Um, so I think it was it was unfair to sort of uh, knee jerk in the way they did. I think um, sort of you know people going oh you have to you have to go for it and everything is, is something I completely agree with. But I think perhaps I'd, uh, I don't think they had the intention of throwing the game. I think he had every faith in that team to perhaps come back with something that was uh, rescuable at White Hart Lane um but as it happens we we were beaten by a team that were absolutely outstanding i don't think it was a shock to anyone that dortmund's first team is better than our second um so i, I wasn't i wasn't too concerned what about yourself you went on you went on your your jollies and and, went and uh, watched it were you were you regretting with your day's off work and your you know your beer in hand that you'd gone all that way to watch no, Tottenham's second definitely- team
1: Definitely not. I mean, when the when the team sheet was first announced, I was, I were, you know, My immediate reaction was one of disappointment. I'll be honest because I wanted to see our first team kind of have a go at Dortmund. See, I guess see where we were. Um, but this part is purely speculative. Like after in the in reflection after that, there's a, there's a sneaking suspicion that I've got because. As you said, and it's it's an important point to make, Dortmund shouldn't really be in this competition. Dortmund are a Champions League team. They would comfortably be the best team in the Premier League if they if they dropped into Premier League and they're you know, they're not even close to buying really, but you know, they would they'd win the Premier League this year, hands down. Like that that's the best performance we've ever we've not ever seen, the best performance we've seen all season from an opposition team. Um and i i can't help but feel in a way because the the context point as well you make is equally important because people are kind of doing that whole why would we play our first team against carabag but play you know essentially a second string against dortmund you know come on like don't ask these these kind of open ended questions like you're trying to be clever about it you know why we don't you know you anyone asking that question knows why we haven't done that because we are eight games away from potentially winning the Premier League, you know, come on, it it doesn't need further elaboration than that, but seeing kind of our team, like, because a lot of people are talking about Spurs at the moment and it's not just in the Premier League anymore, you know, there are like from the Dortmund fans we were speaking to before the game, you know, quite a few of them were saying to us like, you know, it's, it's a, great year for you guys Tottenham you know you're it's it's funny how it's you and Leicester City this year um and quite a few German fans are saying you know are you supporting Tottenham or are you supporting Leicester in in the Premier League this year to see you know it's kind of like reminds people of when Atletico won the you know La Liga and that kind of stuff so it's it's interesting to see that this is actually being spoken about outside of you know the uk as well um and it, it, yeah it'd be naive to think it would fall completely under the radar you know people like they liked harry kane and that kind of stuff and it's i wonder though if it's come into Pochettino thinking if where we are in the league not only just the kind of the actual factor of fatigue you know because that that is something you know fixed to congestion fatigue we doesn't want to get any injuries you know christ forbid if someone like kane gets injured um, but there's also that part of like There's a lot of eyes on Spurs And I think We probably are Further ahead in the project If you like Than anyone probably expected at this point I think where we are now is Possibly where is Hoping we'd be in another year Maybe two years But what we're doing now is is exceptional And the team and it's credit to not only Pochettino but to the players that are playing underneath him that these guys have bought into this mentality that they actually seem to really be a group of, you know, focused athletes, that they're actually professionals, that we have weeded that culture out of, you know, the lads going to the pub before games, turning up for training, half cut, that kind of thing, that we actually have guys that want to win, that want to get, you know, get the best from where they are, um, and not even just think about like if I put together a few good games, a few eye-catching performances, I'll get there. But at the same time, there are realities that come with that. That we are still a team that has a lot of potential, but is still very young, is still very inexperienced, and is probably playing a level above itself at the moment. And I, I do just worry that you know, it, not worry, but I, I wonder if that, like, if that team that core first team got exposed to a challenge like Dortmund at this stage along, it could have knocked the confidence a bit if they went out there and lost in a similar fashion to the way our second string did. But yet, yeah, like you say, perhaps they might've scored a goal and given a bit of a better account of themselves, but I can't really see the result having been that much different. And I just wonder if Pochettino has factored that in thinking, you know, Fatigue and so on and so forth aside, do I want to see this this team exposed to that yet? Can I take this bullet and just make it look like I've thrown this competition because I just want to save them for the league? And I know this is me speculating, but I, I don't know that that's just something I've I've felt about this. Has did Dortmund come too soon um, for this team, and does Pochettino want them exposed to that? I kind of choose to believe that. Perhaps not, um, because I think it, th- there must have been a temptation there. There must have been a temptation that I, I, I get that we have rotated the squad all the way throughout the Europa League, so on and so forth. But to to play our best team against Dortmund and to see how we would fare against them. But I don't know. I've been speaking for ages. How, how about you, Seb? What What were your thoughts on Dortmund? He's gone to sleep now, isn't he? I think so. He's passed um... away. <laughs>
2: I've expired. Uh, it was what i expected i saw the team and i knew what would happen um and so uh the one thing i'll say about the the kind of the 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 toy throwing that went on was that um the only regret i had was for the people who i including jack obviously who i knew had traveled out there um it turned out jack had a good time and that's great and you know so you know fantastic but i thought if i if i traveled to the game as an away supporter and i spent the money to get there and you know I maybe taking the time off work then then I I think I'd have been a bit more annoyed than I probably was but I maybe I'm in a minority but it was exactly what I expected it to be just um, a
1: fucking good laugh that mate you know really you go yeah,
2: it's, it's, still, still it's still it's still dormant it's still it was still a pretty cool road trip and and all that kind of stuff so you know how bad can it really be i, I mean did you I, get stuck
0: in a crush at all
1: no mate completely missed all that what, like, what happened we, uh, well um according to what I'd heard at the time, and what I heard from Cat uh, K- and Martin Cloak from the Supporters Trust, or they they talk about this at length actually on the, the Tottenham Way podcast this this weekend. I'm not going to plug their podcast because they're abysmal compared to all the Roots, but listen to it only for the Dortmund se- section. Um, and uh, yeah, shots fired. No, but they they talk about it at length. What podcast is this? Tottenham way
0: never heard
1: of it <laughs> they uh, yeah Cat and Martin got called in it and uh, we we heard a few fans from where I was sat because most of the stand was empty for like the first half hour or so and then fans started to filter through and some people actually like who had been you know sprayed with tear gas and so on and so forth it seemed to be that the police picked up a certain group of Spurs fans and started to usher them towards the stadium. I think it all depended on which tube line you took to the ground. So there was one that was about a five, ten minute walk from the stadium and there was one which was like directly outside the stadium. And the police were waiting to get the fans that were going to the tube station that was directly outside the stadium. We went to the other one. Um, And they had... It really wasn't clearly signposted where everyone should go, where kind of the home fans would be, where the away fans were, what, you know, what block numbers were. And this stadium's fucking massive as well. It's absolutely huge. So it's, it's a bit of a different beast to, uh, to White Hart Lane in that it's probably a bit more unforgiving when you're taking directions to go to the relevant stand. Um, and the police, essentially, they herded all the Spurs fans to the wrong gate So So they they didn't know where they were
0: going?
1: No, so they had these... From what I understand, they had the Spurs fans boxed in from the back and they're trying to shepherd the Spurs fans into the stadium. And the stewards at the front aren't communicating with the police at the back. So the stewards at the front are telling all the Spurs fans to stop. But the Spurs fans are being shepherded in from the back by these police. Thus meaning the stewards then instead of just doing the smart thing and letting people filter through and then sorting them out once they're into the grounds at the stadium, just closed all the turnstiles. They closed the turnstiles on all, on all the Spurs fans that are already being pushed from the back by the police. And thus, they all started getting crushed against the front of the thing. And when the crushing really started to happen against the gates, the turnstiles at the front, I think that's when Spurs fans started to like... Break through and push other turnstiles at which point police who were then behind the turnstiles at that point started wading into the spurs fans from the front end, tear gassing them and so on and so forth um, I think it tri- i think people at first tried to spin it as in typical English fans doing so on and so forth. But I think there's been such an overwhelming body of evidence to show that the Spurs fans are in no way culpable for for what happened. And it was completely mismanaged by the authorities and by Dortmund as a club. I think, I'm pretty sure UEFA have actually charged Dortmund today. I'm not, or, or at least they've said they're looking into it properly. But uh, it's it sounded like it was pretty pretty disgraceful by them. Um, and just, just a, a real lack of communication from all parties, which was... Quite a shame to hear because I I was saying all day it was it was actually quite nice to to be in an environment because we were in this big market square, there was no police presence at all. There was a mixing of fans, like people were all getting along. You I were on a
0: table it, singing ten German bombers. Yeah, with your T shirt <laughs> off, spinning it round your yeah,
1: head. I speed you with my little plastic England bowler hat thing on. Yeah. You're um, facing
2: a local monument perhaps.
1: Yeah, defacing it with piss. What was it? Wee, yeah. Banter, lads. Yeah, but uh, no banning it was, it was, order. It was, yeah. Passport
2: confiscated.
1: But it, even in the stands, like the yeah, there were a few stewards standing between like the Dortmund and Spurs fans, but in places like the Dortmund and Spurs fans were standing next to one another in the concourse at half-time, full time, no segregation. It just seemed to be a much more mature approach to treating a football. Uh, football crowd. Whereas in the UK, you know, even as a home fan going to White Hart Lane, uh, you know, again I don't I don't want to cast these kind of like, you know, fuck the police type aspersions, but, you know, we've we've all experienced it. The police can be severely heavy handed when it comes to football support in the UK. Um and I get it, whatever there's a bit of a history of Football hooliganism, but I think we're we still living in a culture in
0: the UK where football fans are completely demonised. You can't get into um, a football game yeah. without getting felt up these days. No, no. It's they don't even Wait, buy like you it's... dinner first either. Oh, there was a bit yeah. of
2: this outside Upton Park, actually. I um, When we came out of the stadium... Can you imagine Seb I understand... with something on
0: him? <laughs> 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 Seb's <laughs> got a shank in his waist.
2: <laughs> yeah. I had my iPhone charger. Could have done some damage with that potentially. <laughs> his, ju- um, his
1: dueling pistols.
2: Yeah, but I, I we we came out of the stadium, and I understand the need for separation because obviously they sort of kettled everyone into um, into uh, West Ham Station, and um, there was a point where like we there, there must be maybe five thousand fans, um, and they were being led through this this little. Um, as a little sort of alleyway that goes round the back of the stadium, as if you're going back onto the onto um to Green Street, and um it was fine because you know I'm I'm just over five foot ten and you know I'm I'm not I'm an average sized man, but I, I remember thinking it was it, it got pretty crushy, and I remember thinking if there was a child here, like you know not even necessarily a child, but like a um a a slightly built woman or you know someone who's a little bit shorter than me, it was pretty dangerous potentially, and it was just kind of I don't know, it just seemed really badly thought out. Um, and also, you know, I okay, I understand the need for mounted police as well, but they had, like, had police dogs right on the perimeter of the fans, and it, it just felt like... I mean, I, I know I'm complaining from a fan's perspective, but it just felt like the police did everything they could to almost encourage hostility. Um, I know there are probably troublemakers, and West Ham Spurs is, a, is, a, is probably a, an underlined game for the police, and rightly so, but there's a line, and it just... Like, it still feels like nobody's really learned anything. And, and that, you know, even though we read so much about changing demographics in football and the game really has been sanitized, because I can't remember the last time I saw any serious trouble at football. Um, I, it just, it feels like to to the attitude hasn't mate, changed. You a woman no, mate, pie without gravy absolutely. of the
0: week and she kicked off. Yeah, I bet <laughs> she did, mate. <laughs> but yeah,
2: other than that kind of serious trouble, I haven't, I just, I think that... Um, it's a kind of um, yeah, it becomes a sort of self-perpetuating situation because if you if you if you make fans feel like they're being demonized, you don't necessarily encourage anything good from them. And and our fans were very well behaved uh, outside Upton Park. No no one did. There was nothing. There was a bit of sort of good humor chanting at the police, but nothing aggressive. And like, people it was... just
1: need to understand, like people, you know, fans go to the football, they drink beer, they get a bit excited, they'll fucking you know, people will sing. Yeah, people yeah. would chant en masse, and I get that to maybe someone that's not a part of that, it might seem a bit intimidating, so on and so forth. But just because people are a bit overzealous in their support outside of the ground, yeah. doesn't mean everyone's looking to kick off. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just <laughs> shocked that the authorities still won't take that on board, you know?
2: Yeah, but I, I find it hard to believe that that sort of... OK, police... I, I don't know this, but I'm imagining it. Um, police prepare for these occasions, and many of the officers who police them have policed more than one football game in their career. There must be an element of, you know what to expect from football fans and you know what the difference is between fans just being fans and singing and a little bit of, you know, back and forward between, you know, supporters when they, you know, rival supporters. But it's not fucking Green Street. Like, you know, it's it's not, you know, I I just, I, I think it's sort of like, yeah, it just, it felt wrong. I, I have to say, and um, I, you know, even so, I'm, I'm aware of the need for a control, of course. But there's, yeah, there's a line there.
1: But you, you, you know, what irritates me, though, man? and I, 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 I completely understand that, like, you know, whatever a World Cup crowd is different and such. But you know, I worked very closely with the Rugby World Cup this summer, and to me, there was very little difference between the way the fans conducted themselves outside the stadium than football fans yeah, yeah it was just yeah. people uh, big groups of mainly men all drinking beer all chanting singing songs together and i just thought so why are these guys, why aren't the you know meat wagons lined up here why aren't the mounted police here covering this because you know this to you know if if a football crowd is intimidating this is just as intimidating, like and I, yeah, I just yeah, like you yeah. say, it's self-perpetuating. It's it's bollocks. Like this whole, people play up to it. They're like, right, the police are here, the mounted police are here. Let's fucking give it something. I, I'm not as naive to think that there isn't still an element within football. There's a need for fun. police.
2: There is a need for police because there just is. But then your point about like the worst in stadium incident I've ever seen was actually at a rugby game, um, and that was that somebody was have red wine with
0: the fish. No mate, this big old
2: Gloucester boy was um. There, there's like a couple of different bars you can go to, and there was a steward who was telling him that he couldn't get a cider from one bar, and him and his friends are having none of it, and it it got yeah, it just it escalated ridiculously quickly, and this guy is like six five and about you know he was sort of Raj size, um and um and pretty broad, and it was um yeah there were there were fist flying and everything with stewards, um I've never seen anything like that inside a stadium, I mean there's a lot of bluster inside a stadium There's a lot of talking and there's a lot of sort of like outsiding going on, but it, you know, a lot of it's bollocks. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, um, sometimes the police are their own worst enemy in those situations. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, uh, sorry to any police officers listening, but, uh, you know, a cab as the old saying goes, um, Mm -hmm. Did you what, enjoy Dortmund, uh, Jack, all in all? How did uh, you mate, trip away? it? Was, fuck, did you bring back a fucking, toaster? Fucking British. No, I didn't. Christ. Windy was right when he did his little Dortmund special thing before. Like, there's so much fucking tat. There's so much tat that they sell. It's ridiculous. Garden gnomes, hair dryers, toasters, fucking hair straighteners. Everything.
2: I'd have 100% bought a Dortmund, Dortmund toaster. Hundred
1: percent. It, it burns like BVB onto the toast. As
2: yeah, well. no, I mean I know, I know they are. No, I, I, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite,
1: that's uh, quite funny. Get, if if we had a Spurs, Spurs equivalent,
2: yeah, if we had a Spurs equivalent, we'd all buy that. I mean, cockrel on the toast. Yeah. Or cool, the scores um, from famous games or something like that. That'd be pretty cool.
1: I've only a way. I'd, I'd look into that too deeply. I'd, I'm quite uncomfortable with the idea of eating my beloved crest and then turning it into shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. something about that, though, isn't there? something about the human condition in that, like consuming something you love and turning it to shit, maybe. I don't know. Am I going a bit deep there? I think so. Quasi-deep. Um, Bournemouth, lads. Bournemouth. Um, we haven't got a guest on this week because, really, let's be honest, that's, 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 You know, n- none of you want to hear it. None of us want to talk to a guest. So uh, we haven't got one.
2: Uh, um, we did a Bournemouth guest for the last... For the last fixture
1: right he, he, he was very good as
2: well. Yeah, he um, was a nice guy actually. I liked
1: I, him. I, I, as uh, as Raj said though, not much has changed in that time for Bournemouth, in that, and they are they're a bit of a they're a bit of a Poundland Spurs, aren't they? Eddie Howe's doing a very good job with them. They're a very hard-working team. They've.
2: I think they're probably safe as well. Yeah, ready from relegation. Decent uh,
1: um, potential. I know we say all right. If we to ter- let's kind of remove ourselves from the narrative and try and be as objective as we can in terms of worrying about every fixture potentially being a banana skin. Could it be a banana skin Bournemouth? Are we perhaps being a bit too blasé about just turning up and beating them at the lane? Do they pose a threat, do you think so?
2: Uh, Theoretically, they're the kind of team that you can't... They're passable pretty well um and they've got some good pace outs out wide with they've got max gradles just come back from injury and max gradles a very good player um but what i'd say is that they're the kind of opponent that we have to be if we are at our kind of physical best we'll be absolutely fine but against that kind of team it's like it's going to move the ball around really well um you, it can't be one of those sort of half-hearted post-europa games and that's why i kind of think that i you know, that, The Europa's gone, and let's just put out a a sensible team, but nothing too silly on Thursday night. Not throw it, but, you know, um, because Bournemouth are there to be beaten, and the only way we're not going to win that game is if we beat ourselves, and if we fail to, not use a cliche, but if we don't properly turn up. uh, I'm not worried about them. Do you think, uh, can
1: you, because they seem to be quite open to uh actually playing football as well which is always yeah. refreshing from that, a from a but that's part side. of the
2: problem though i mean yeah. I, yeah I mean on the one hand that could suit us because they won't sit behind the ball because they haven't got the players to do that they can't be negative because that just doesn't suit their game uh, but at the same time a team that moves the ball around and a team that has and uh, you know at the end of a um, a europa week it's sometimes better just to have a side turn up who just want nothing other than a goal or a draw um because they're there just to be beaten, um, but Bournemouth won't do that. Bournemouth will come and try and um, will come at us. So, uh, nice early goal, and we'll be absolutely fine, I think. But
0: that um, early goal, yeah. that early goal, sorry, is, is, is crucial. I, uh, we can't afford to be as yeah. wasteful as we have been in recent weeks. Um, because that's one thing that even against Aston Villa, where I'm sure we'll get on, to, we wasted enough chances before we eventually scored. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's been a theme in in recent weeks against your know, Crystal Palace in the cup, and uh, what was the game after that? Swansea. Um, there's been there's been a lot of wasted chances where we should be, you know, winning more comfortably than we are, and mm. and um, or even losing in the Palace sense of it. So he's he's right by saying there's an early goal there, but you've got to take it because there's going to be chances to take against Bournemouth and they're a side that are capable of taking their own and making their own chances. So you've got to, you've got to, you know, kill them early essentially and, and sort of uh, impose yourself on the match and, and sort of not let it go. Cause uh, they're not one of those teams that are going to have their spirit stamped and, and not play football for 90 minutes. They're going to, they're going to do what they're set out to do for the entire match and, You've got to match them for that period. It's, it's probably going to be one of um, the most strenuous but, games we've got left towards the end of the year.
2: Ultimately, guys, they haven't lost in four games and they've won their last three. They're not a...
0: Here's a cool fact.
1: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
0: Like no 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 and that Eddie to have no, found um, the measure of the Premier League in the first few months as well
2: yeah and he's got some players back and I mean I I, I really admire that he's got like if, if you look at someone like um Harry Arter Harry Arter like the idea of him playing in the Premier League a couple of years ago is inconceivable and to have him yeah well he's a better player than Ryan Mason I think he's um hmm. he's uh he's a bit technically better than Ryan Mason, I would honestly. say that I but think he
0: looks better because he's a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond I think that's yeah
2: maybe, maybe there's a bit of that yeah no I wouldn't disagree but I just I, I think to to make a player like that Premier League viable is is really impressive and um yeah no they, they they're a good team they'll work us as well like, I, I I think um uh, Josh King's a pretty good player as well um <laughs> he's not going to score a lot of goals but he's he's a, he's a nuisance sort of footballer
1: in the heinous circumstance, just you know, it's not going to the complexities of why this may or may not happen. But were Pochettino to go this summer to United or someone like that, would you feel comfortable having someone like Eddie Howe take over?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, I. It, Cause it depends. Just, what just else? Purely it's, because it
1: seems to be that he has a similar kind of ethic to Pochettino. It seems to yeah. set the team up a similar like. Well, he seems to try
2: issue. and make the most with what he yeah. has. And that is that, that's the mentality I want. I mean, I my, the worst case scenario, if like, heaven forbid Pochettino was to leave, but if we suddenly, he brought in a manager who wasn't, he, he was completely, he was the ideological opposite of Pochettino and started saying things like, right, well, I need 25 million pounds in that position and 30 in that and 40 up front. Then all of a sudden you think that the last couple of years has just been a complete waste of time. And then you, uh, it's a, I think what's being created at the club is a, a system whereby we're gonna have to fit components into it, whether that's players, whether that's you know, heads of recruitment if Paul Mitchell was to ever go somewhere else, or um if McDermott was ever to leave, uh, I think he's been promoted to what is what is McDermott's role now? He was head of the head of head of youth development or something, and now he's been sort of elevated to something else. Whatever. But Chief you know, whatever it may be you know it's a sort of that's the structure and the structure is now the most important thing and that's how the club has to operate so that means that you've got to fit similar shaped pieces into it as and when you need to so yeah Eddie Howe fine I mean it's just um I don't I I I, I mean it's I haven't thought about it a lot Jack because my I, one I concern really with Eddie realistic. Would
0: be that the one time he left Bournemouth before to go to Burnley he seemed to flounder in a different environment yeah, so I'd um, yeah. I'd be wary of that, but you know, we we had concerns of a Pochettino before he was brought to the club. So mm-hmm. you never know. Gary Monk's still
2: floating around. I think I think he's had a he's having a deliberate period of time off before he comes back to the game. Fair point,
0: he'll end up, I don't, he'll I end don't end up see at many
2: opportunities for him either. Right, he'll now. end up at Derby anyway.
0: or uh, or Borough.
2: Oh no! On the red nappy white mate. New director of football Harry Redknapp.
1: What? Where? Derby. Oh Christ! I've missed that.
2: The same Harry Redknapp who uh, who notoriously hated the director of football role and didn't see the point in it. Happy to take it on for the right salary. There you go. Good old Harry. Um, Should we do some listener questions?
1: Let's do some listener questions. Okay. Or anything? Anything else to add on Bournemouth at all?
0: No. Beat them.
2: Yeah, a Phobi uh Phobie's a good player, by the way. I think we,
0: um, Town had been a lawn when he was about 17, when he was younger. Yeah. He, was, yeah, he was very yeah. very raw and very good then as well.
2: His movement's really good. He's a kind of player we, we can't have an off day defensively, right? We can't we can't have one of those you know weird days when there's a big gap between Alderweireld and Vimmer, and and it, we can't do that. I can't let a lot of crosses into our box either, so. Normal defensive rules, just everything. Nobody does anything silly and we'll be fine. Yeah, both fine. of
0: our uh, first-choice uh, full-backs and uh, we'll be happy as Larry. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Mr. Walker Porter, at Mr. Walker Porter, asks us what, if any, changes do need to do we need to the squad when we get Champions League football, excluding cover for Kane. Um, yeah, I guess like what what? How do we better prepare our squad for the Champions League?
2: Uh, cover for Ericsson is probably quite important, and cover for Dyer as well. I would say, uh, or an upgrade on Dia potentially, not to. I know that won't be popular, but like the one thing I will say about Eric Dyer is that you know he's great without the ball and he's he's been brilliant defensively and he's one of the reasons why we have the goal difference we do. But his his passing and his distribution generally is a bit of a limitation on what we can do. Um, and I think at a Champions League level, it's more important to be able to cut teams open a little bit. Uh, so maybe there. You're gonna get in trouble for that one, sir. I know, but I, I don't think I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying it. I think a lot of people think it, but just don't want to admit it. I mean, I, I think maybe you know what, what, why why he may well develop further. That part of his game may evolve, but at the moment, all things remaining equal, that's an area that I would want to improve. That's not to say I'd want to drop though. I just there has to be a way of you know in certain situations having a little bit more incision from that part of the pitch.
1: I'd, uh, I'd much as I love. Danny Rose, Carl Walker, and the rest. I, I reckon we could probably do better with our wings as well. Probably get someone in. Can't really think of a candidate, but I'm sure we could probably upgrade on those guys if we get into Champions League. Um. Anything, anything on your side at all, Raj? I mean, I can't see us even if we get into the Champions League. I can't see us spending big money. Still, I don't think we're I think spending a lot of Are going to expect us to? Go out and spunk 25, 30 million. I mean, I know there's that like talk with Jordan Henderson for 25 mil, but I just can't. I can't that see. Is, his I, I, I can't know.
2: believe that is that Jordan Henderson story is bollocks. It just has to be. Because it, first of all, it was in the sun. So, you know, what can you say about that? But also, really, Jordan Henderson? I mean, 25 million pounds for Jordan Henderson. I'd rather <laughs> they spent joking. 25
0: million pounds on Jordan Henderson than Sado Beruhino.
2: I'd rather spend twenty five million pounds on like a slightly nicer concourse around the new stadium than Jordan Anderson. Yeah. I think and
1: Berhino's pretty much a done deal though, isn't it? From what people say. Like Put it in a really
2: nice be. Nando's or something, you know.
1: A, I don't think we'll spend twenty five million on Berhino either, but I uh, I think will I think he'll come in the in summer. Yeah. Which I don't know how keen I am on the
0: idea of that anymore, but in Pottery Trust, um, there must be something about him that they've they think to have chased him this desperately.
2: He can finish Barahina. I mean, I, I mean, we've all been a bit down on him, but only because we've been talking about sort of 20, 25 million. pounds. But like, by the time the summer comes around, he'll have a year left in his contract. He can't command that kind of money, no. um, and I think he's a perfectly good player when he's fit and he, when he's sharp. He, you know, he. I mean, he can he can play up front, of course, but he can also play wide left or wide right. More commonly, wide left. Um, and I think he's uh he. He gives something that we don't already have. I think it would be a great signing. Fifty also, million
0: pound at most.
2: Yeah, he is, and but I mean, also like you know, he deserves a little bit of credit because he's climbed down from his stance, and he's a young boy that made a mistake. Um, and has had the humility not to do that modern professional footballer thing of just being like, well, I'm right and I want to transfer. Um, He did that initially, but he's come back and he's sort of reapplied himself and he's playing properly. And every time I've seen him play for West Brom since that sort of public apology, he's been pretty good. I don't like that lack Um, of
0: stubbornness and conviction.
2: Yeah, but he he did six months of stubbornness and conviction and self-defeat, really. But then eventually... Yeah, I know you would have done more, but then you would have been playing for Barnsley in two years because they wouldn't have. played. that'd have
0: been great for Barnsley as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh dear.
0: But yeah, it's
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be more of the same, really, isn't it? It's gonna, I think we're gonna be, regardless of. I I can't see the fact that we're going into the Champions League be something that really rocks. Pochettino too much. You no, he, he is a guy that he he. I, I guess arguably, you know, if Spurs do get into the Champions I League, I think we
0: should uh, we should reinvest the Champions League money back into the squad. So you put everyone who is a, a core member of that team on a higher contract, and you make them more competitively paid than they may be currently, and you make sure that you're not open to anybody wanting to leave you. You give uh, you uh, Hugo Lloris a new contract. You give Jan Vertonghen a new contract. You give Toby Alderweireld a new contract because I imagine he won't have been paid as much as uh, the rest of them having come in new. You give Ericsson a Supposedly new. contract. Supposedly
2: Vertonghen's contract is uh, is imminent, by all accounts. So well, you you uh, do all of
0: them. Um, Ericsson yeah. said that he wanted a new contract as well recently. So you I you spend the money and you sort of you push up the wage bracket. Across the entire club, and you. How much do you reckon Kane
1: will be on nowadays? Because he's he's Fifty, sixty a, at most. For you, yeah, he's signed a few in quick succession, hasn't he? A you couple of new contracts. He'll have been on
0: four pound fifty and sort of free dinners at the start of it. So, yeah, you know, I imagine his last <laughs> contract upgrade was they've stopped making him pay for parking. Um, <laughs> so he's, he, I don't, I don't think we've pushed the bracket too much. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd, I'd prefer us to to do that than done anything too drastic, I think the um, one of the biggest things for us to work out in the summer is uh, is the future of of Nabil Bentaleb because Christ only knows what's happened there. It's it's the mystery um, that sort of lasted for an entire season. Really, it's uh, he seems to have uh, have disappeared since the midfielders sort of changed personnel in a way that the others haven't. I reckon
1: he's a goner, mate. I'm going to be honest. I think it's. Uh, it seems to be he kind of you know he was out of the picture. He started to come back into picture, and he's he's disappeared again. And
2: we've seen. Odd that, to see him not pattern. start at Dortmund. I mean, yeah. that, that was kind of when you started to think, yeah, he's
1: done. We've seen this pattern with Pochettino before. Up uh, uh, to me, he's done. He's he's not in the plans anymore. Whatever bridge has been burnt has been burnt. And from from everything I've heard from people that are, are more in the know than I am that. With Pochettino, he does have that line of, you get a chance. It's not the same Play person again. that told
0: you we're signing Sven Bender, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not that. I'm not it's... trusting them again. But, uh,
1: <sighs> yeah, Pochettino, is, he's quite, you know, he has that, that that firm line with players, as we've seen. Um, so, yeah, I reckon Bantello's gone. TBH. Which is a shame. Real shame there's a lot of talent there in
0: that line He's better than most of the other ones there. I'd play him over um, Mason and Carroll quite happily.
1: Yeah, but if he's been a cunt, he's been a yeah, cunt, mate. Exactly,
0: you know? yeah. Um, Bottom line,
1: yeah. Uh, it's just his... Same with Velkovic. Like Velkovich is playing first-team football now, but I don't care, you know? if it, you, you, you can't have a young player coming in demanding to be a first-team
0: player. Like He's, he's also playing for Werder Bremen, who are like. The one of the worst teams in Bundesliga at the minute, so yeah. it's not a huge uh, improvement on his stature at Spurs, really. No, Shem, I think there's some question marks over Marcus Edwards as well,
1: the supposed English Messi.
2: No, I, I, have actually seen him play. He, um, not for Spurs, but for England. And, like right, if he, not being funny, if he isn't signed to a professional contract that is that will be a disaster i think he is he's just he looks i know you can never really tell at age group level but he just looks so gifted um so yeah that needs to be that's a day of celebration if that gets done
0: why who's who's after
2: him no it's not that he's after him it's just that he's hesitating on signing a professional contract and if he doesn't do it; he can leave and I believe me he'll be wanted elsewhere he's a kind of he's the kind he looks like the kind of player and i you know i'm not an educated person on this stuff, but he looks like the kind of player that would get absorbed in a in a into a sort of Real madrid or or you know that kind of club and that would be a nightmare for us that's a kind of that's one that we'd spend the next ten years regretting i think in my opinion he's uh He's very special.
1: Seems a lot of people have said that as well, which is quite crazy, really. But yeah. a lot of people said that about John Bostock as well, so you know. Uh, uh, jo- John Bostock was a, he was a genuinely talented footballer though, like the Cups yeah. saw so the original
0: Delhi. Yeah. Very, very talented. Just
1: heads gone. Heads gone.
0: Um Heads gone to God.
2: Yeah, yeah as now, isn't it?
0: It was before. He, he like one of his breaks from football was to make Christian rap.
2: Eh. I don't really know what to say about that.
0: No. Really? Do you not remember the Christian rap thing?
2: No, I do. I just don't have a follow up comment on it. I, I mean, I you know, unless I get struck down as a result of you know, <coughs> smited or something. Exactly. Rumble of thunder.
0: Mm. John Bostock.
2: Currently plays for a team called OH
0: Levin. I where we got sent a few it? questions, Jack. Yeah, but they're most of your TV ones. I'm trying to find some football ones first. I think we've spoken the football ones now, man. It's been 50 minutes. Yeah, and we we need to make up for your poor excuse of a. Well, a poor excuse of a podcast overall last week in terms of getting it oh, out. I, 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 I thought the, the quality, off, of, it right. the quality it of it was fine. The quality of it
2: was I listened to it today. That was a no, good I podcast. No, wasn't, I
0: wasn't making a comment in terms of the quality of it because I, co- I enjoyed listening to it. It was the fact that it was out after the game was... was, was was uh... That
2: mate, I got so much grief for that. I had no responsibility for that happening at all, and like everyone just because of that fucking poll that you ran the day before we were recording, everyone just seemed oh Seb's fucked up somehow.
0: I think he did. So I think every- it's just. I'm... I think you. How did I? How? I think your. Content Explain to is... me how. Jack. I A I blow maycast. Well, I actually
1: do blame Acast.
0: It's probably somewhere in the back end, uh, but yeah. Um, I, enjoy, I enjoyed your podcast. You two had a breakdown and said you missed me. Um, which I enjoyed. It, it
2: gave my Jack cut out our conversation about goblins, though. Was, Did he cut it out? I thought it. Was, I thought well, it was. I'm was a, be honest, it was a really strong ten-minute segment, mate. I'm, it, I'm, it was you know. like
1: ten minutes at the start, at the very start of the podcast about video games. I thought, nah, we can't have this.
2: Mate, not right. video games. It was more widely about goblins, what, and I mean, sprites, that, that and we- minotaurs, and it was <laughs> yeah, a, it was a good segment. Game. But it, it was, was like really strong.
1: Ten minutes at the very start of the podcast. I was like, nah, we can't, so we can't, we can't start off on this. foot no we can't at all right i get that we sometimes meander a bit but this was too niche and it was too specific and it was too alienating for a football podcast and it also made me look like a fucking nerd so yeah. that's that's <laughs> your real reason <laughs> yeah. um but i'll 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 happily talk about the the witcher i don't want to talk div- about it oh that i've bought the division as well
2: I'll I'll Is that sort of the, the New division. York one?
0: I've got like five different PlayStation games that I've got and I haven't even unwrapped yet. That I need to sort of get me ass in gear and and do. Yeah, I I don't I don't really like the division though so far. Like I don't it it
1: it it sort of disguises itself as a as a shooting game. So you know like you're going through this abandoned New York and you collect all these different weapons and stuff. And I get that it's kind of whatever you call it. And, M-M-O-R-P-G Christ but yeah but it's it's a bit too much like you know you've got a massive fucking shotgun and you've got someone running at you and you shoot him in the head and instead of them dying it's like because he's a level 5 and because you're a level 2 you see a little number come up indicating how much damage you've done to him and I'm just like you know what I just don't like that. Is that online device.
0: or at, during the actual game?
1: During the actual game, because the whole game is played online. Oh, that right? I hate
0: that. I I'm not going to play that. I thought. Do it, you know what I mean? I, like, thought I it don't a like story that.
1: mode. There is, but it's all done online, mate. It's like a cooperative. You're not playing it with players. It's like it's like. Oh, a cooperative why can't I just
0: like sit there RPG in my pants at like one in the morning on my own and play a game anymore? I don't want to play with other people. If I wanted to play with other people, yeah. I'd ask my mates to come around.
1: And I didn't, I didn't fully realize it. I just saw a whole like, I thought it was zombies you're fighting as well. I didn't realize it. it's like, you're actually, you're. it's post-apocalyptic and all that. There's been some kind of pandemic, but you're actually f- trying to establish some semblance of a society again. But obviously people are now whatever tribal and they're looting and they're raping and pillaging as it were. And you're part of this secret, Whatever thing called the division that is there for in these doomsday scenarios to start to (laughs) reestablish mankind again, and it's just, but it's that side of things.
0: You've put me off. um, Yeah,
1: mate. Good because it's it's. I'm really quite disappointed with it. Like because I love that whole like the New York they've created. Everything like that is awesome. But like I say, I don't wanna to have to shoot someone with a shotgun and just see a little number appear. I thought it was yeah, a not.
0: call of duty type mindless few levels. Yeah, or...
1: So did I and it's it's not it's it's too RPGE for my liking, which sounds ridiculous to me saying given that I'm playing the witch, but you know when you're going into something like the witch like goblin slaying stuff, you kinda of understand it more in that context than in a shooting army type scenario. I don't know. People are probably laying to me for a bit, it's just not my cup of tea. It's all very good, looks very nice, plays very well, I know, whatever, but fuck it.
0: Um, um Spurs Memory Man sent us a question that says, Which opposing club fan of any would you most least like to speak with on the pod? Who would you not trust Raj with? Who would I not trust Raj with? Manchester oh.
2: City fans.
1: <laughs> no, don't don't go there again, Sam.
2: I know, we, don't, we, we We can't. We, we can't trust him with Man City fans ever again. Or Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, but we don't invite Chelsea person on, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Um, I think the one that you know I'd probably get in real trouble with is if we ever drew like MK Dons in the cup. Oh, no, I
1: no, I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to talk to an MK Dons fan, mate. I wouldn't want to. I'm too close to Wimbledon. I can. Uh, <sighs> uh, it's repulsive. It repulses me that that club exists. More so than Chelsea and City. Like, oh yeah, that they're, they're MK worse. Duns is another they're level. Worse. Sickens me. This is when we get in trouble with the American fans, isn't
0: it? What that Dons exist?
1: Yeah, that we don't like that franchise football happened.
0: No, it's it's yeah. completely different market, isn't it? And completely different game. It's uh, it's uh, it's not comparable. I think uh, I don't.
1: I, it's not so much about like who I trust. I mean, like. It's not not to do with who I trust Raj speaking to or not. I don't I don't not trust Raj to I don't think Raj is ever like, you know, to, to talk about you like you're not here, mate. I don't think you ever kind of really are rude to people or anything like that. It's not about like not trusting you. And I think you well well within your rights to speak your mind to people, as long as you're not
2: kind of Jack not being an enabler. You're, you're, well, you're yeah your no but it's, it's
1: like I, I'd get it if like you know if Raj was the guy that when we get someone on and he's like yeah but you're a fucking cunt mate then it would be like, well <laughs> then I wouldn't be then I wouldn't be doing a podcast with him essentially but it's uh I think Real people deal, I, I wouldn't want to talk to are any of those Arsenal fan TV guys I couldn't oh, stand yeah, speaking to people yeah, like that yeah, yeah. or one of those kind of Fan like there's a there's a few at the che, like at Chelsea. I don't know if you have ever seen the Chelsea fan cam. There's that sort of slightly chubby, maybe Italian Greek looking Chelsea fan that's always got big red cheeks. He seems like a total fucking weapon. Um, but mainly the Arsenal fan TV like Claude, who I think is didn't they have a scrap with
0: each other the other day?
1: Ah, it's all bollocks. All bollocks. No, but there, was, there was there was a video anywhere. on
0: Twitter, wasn't there, of them scrapping each other.
1: It's, that's just random fans I think because then people just sort of appropriated it to Arsenal fan TV but yeah I, th- I just think I think a lot of those guys we kind of touched on it with pain in the arse when he was on a lot of those Arsenal fan TV guys uh, Claude in particular they're just not well they're <laughs> unwell no. and they're exploited for that and it's, yeah. it's un- it makes me uncomfortable um ah uh, there's a really story that i want to talk about but i'm not sure i'm allowed to so i won't and i hate it when people do that but there's a really good one fuck no i can't i can't i can't talk about it i'll talk about it off air there you go listeners what we'll questions. Off air with the lads. um we've got another one uh sam jones jam scones 95. i always enjoy that i always enjoy
0: that it's a good one isn't
1: it yeah it's good thanks for that sam um, I'm sure we've been asked this before, but it's a good one. Yeah, we have definitely been asked this. Favorite TV show, not including The Wire, the Sopranos. That's it for me.
0: It's Curb for me.
1: Yeah. Not including The Wire, Seb, so I think he's targeting you with this one, mate.
0: World at War.
2: Uh, uh, The West Wing.
1: Interesting. What yeah, I love The West Wing. Oh, really I tell you what, brilliant. Here's a here's a because seven I have uh, watched this now Raj what together. Um, Life, yep. Yeah, we have we did a, we we, did we
2: secretly a, meet up for like TV now as well.
1: Life and Death Row is a I've got it saved it's, on my uh, on my skyplay yeah. very good and it's I recommend anyone watch it. It Raises some very well good questions. No, not good questions. That's probably the wrong way of putting it. But it raises some very interesting. Talking points, if you like, about the death penalty and the judicial process leading up to it, um, the way in which it's treated. And the amount of... I think the thing that surprises me about it is the amount of um, narrative and bluster that actually goes into something as serious as taking someone else's life, as a state taking... A human being's life, how how a lot of it isn't actually even presented as fact, how so much of it is is an emotional issue. And that's, I don't know, that's where I struggle a lot with the death penalty, not to go into it too much, I guess. But I think that's one of my overriding feelings from watching the series, that there's too much of this kind of rhetoric of someone being soulless or someone being evil or someone acting in a godless fashion which it it troubles me quite a lot and that's that's something i i found recurrent throughout throughout the series the way the way these arguments are presented it's like okay you know it's 50-50 that we can't really prove there was intent behind these guy's actions or you know this guy's debatably mentally ill but at the same time he's evil
2: and I just don't like his face, so execute him. Yeah, precisely.
1: Basically. He didn't come across very well in the interview. He was cold. He was detached. I,
2: well, I'll tell you what, if Raj hasn't seen it yet, should we give it a week and then we yeah. can do it as a 3 week? That'd be fun.
0: Steady on. I'll try and watch it this week <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, get back to you. Somebody's asked us what yeah. our favourite films of all time were, if we finish on that. Okay. Oh, I think somebody mates. asked us this during our 100th episode, but I can't remember what we said. It's probably cha- our I, well, answers probably changed from then, depending
2: on yeah.
1: what we remember. Yeah, I mean, I'd always say like American Beauty's always up there for me. I do, I just, I don't know. It's maybe I watched it at a certain time when I haven't watched it for a few years now, so it might be something I'd revisit and not feel the same way about. But it's definitely a film that's always had a lasting impression with me. I've always realised really like Kevin Spacey in it. I like the pacing of it. I like the direction. Kevin Spacey's so just phenomenal always, in all things,
0: though, isn't he?
2: Oh, Boogie Knights is always; It uh, never lets me down. Whenever I good read, film. yeah, Boogie Nights is fantastic.
0: I'd be up there for me. Annie Hall, yeah, great film. It's, it's not Buddy's best, but it's my favourite. Um, God, Godfather Part One. I'm, I'm, a um, oh, good shout out. Yeah, I'm always,
1: I'm always. Uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I do love Godfather Part Two. Don't get me wrong; like it's one of the greatest films ever made. But there's something
0: about Part One
1: that I just, I don't know.
0: I, I prefer Can't really put my finger on it. Yeah. I uh, I I do enjoy the first Godfather. Um, Goodfellas, casino, that type of thing. Oh mm. casino's
2: uh I, I watched um I know this is this is just this is just gonna feed some bane snark, I know. But um I uh, I watched High Noon the other day, which is uh an old black and white film from the fifties. Like Gary Cooper in it, and it's it its brilliantly made. Like, if anyone hasn't seen it, I was fully skeptical because I, other than Twelve Angry Men, I hate black and white. Um, well,
1: along the walls, from mate, come on.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, fair, okay. But then, um, yeah, I, I know it's actually on on Sky at the moment, and um, so I went through a, a, a few days. If I watched uh, Rebel Without a Cause or James Dean film, and um, and High Noon with Gary Cooper, and it's it's really good. It's uh, it's like some proper old school filmmaking. So I love the old uh, westerns. Oh, um, yeah, um, My old man's
0: always been into them, so I've always sort of watched them by Ross Moses. Um So John Wayne, a few dollars more, yeah. and you know, that fistful of dollars. That yeah. sort of
2: thing. Ha- hang 'em high as well is yeah. a great one. What was, it? What was oh, the
0: that? other one? The uh, the one with the uh, the musical one? It's not one of my... Seven Brothers for Seven Sisters, or is it? Something like
2: that? Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah,
0: that's a. Like, it's like a musical and a western all at once. It's sort of a uh, proper old school
1: a great black and white film actually just to go back to that so if you uh, just to try and maybe give you another taste of it is whatever happened to baby Jane. don't know if you've ever seen that, but
2: no. Okay. I'll, really um, good film. Psycho I'll as well. don't forget psycho. Well, I, I, I yeah, actually, fair enough. And, um, and uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance is uh, is, yeah. is pretty good. That's a um, that's a strong John Wayne film. In recent Did, years I, as
0: well, um, mm. Nebraska with Bruce Dern was yeah. absolutely fantastic. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. I really Genuinely, to, I annoyed though. my entire family because it's the type of film I love, where essentially nothing happens, but like character development and speech, and they just sort of sat there and went, "Why have you made us sit through this?" You know, what feels like a ten-hour-long film of an old man in a car shot in black and white, and they'll they never let me live it down. But I absolutely Absolutely adored it. I thought
1: it was brilliant. Um, I go and jumping across to your your point about westerns as well. Quite weirdly, because I'm I'm a fan of westerns and I, I rewatched, started rewatching because I, I hadn't watched it for years. Um, another case of me watching it with my old man, like you were saying, uh, you did with yours. I watched High Plains, or started to watch High Plains Drifter on Netflix, um, and I I just I guess it, I hadn't registered like what was going on when I was a kid when I watched it but there's a really like with Clint Eastwood there's a really fucking brutal rape scene at the start of it when Clint Eastwood as like the hero is like he just he just rapes a woman because it's like it's kind of playing into this whole badass image that like it's just a woman having a go at him and he just slaps her and drags her into a barn and, like really brutally rapes her and it's presented in a real kind of macho way and I'm not you know I'm not by any means kind of trying to uh rewrite history I I get like the whole kind of argument that you know things viewed that you things made at different times viewed through a different lens can be shocking and so on and so forth but it does seem particularly shocking to me that Something like that at that time was so. Uh, I can't even remember that. I'm sure I've watched it.
2: No, I, I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really bizarre. It's really bizarre to see that. It it does make me wonder. Like even at that time, was that seen as all right? But I guess it it does make. wonder. Uh, yeah, it was only what,
0: what the 70s from. or something where um, rape within a marriage was made illegal. So I imagine yeah. the attitudes towards it were were somewhat different. I mean, it's hard for us to get our minds around it now. Um, but I think back then it may have been not a norm, but, you know, not as... Obviously a taboo is what they were going for within the film to sort of give him that anti-hero vibe, but yeah. it wasn't, you know, bad enough so that he wasn't, you know, written off within minutes of the film starting.
1: Exactly, and it came here... To be honest, it me. I just... I, yeah, you I'm know, not not to sound the delicate flower, but I just turned it off after that because I just thought, you know what, this is a bit too dated for my liking. I just don't really fancy it. There's that um
0: that one in uh they bring up in um Master and non the Aziz Ansari one, um in the the Indians on TV episode where there's essentially yeah, the white yeah. guy that's just browned up to be on in in a film, um because rather than hiring an Indian actor, they've just painted somebody else to play them it's stuff like that it's in it that
1: old Short Circuit movie I, I honestly I only found that out until later you know my teenage it wasn't like a new I didn't have that revelation on what you. Oh, I'd, I'd I'm, never I'm, heard of was it was before about, yeah 15 16 or so until I actually found out that the the guy in Short Circuit was just a white guy like putting on a kind of faux stereotypical Indian accent and it it, it makes you cringe because you think that film was made in the 80s you know and they've actually got a guy browned up being like oh lord Johnny 5 and stuff You're like what the fuck man like that's how you speak when you call me up though <laughs> yeah, yeah true but mate come on don't you hang up don't and go thank you
0: behind the curtain. you got thank you please go yeah, yeah, again
2: yeah. keep yeah. the veil down there come on uh,
0: exactly but that's that's one of those things um, like um, Aziz sorry, does that stand-up bit about how like um, we're sort of strangely hardwired about like what we know to be racist about sort of certain cultures like if you even if you make sort of an innocuous noise you know what the racial implication of that is like I remember when I was at school one of the ones I used to get on the rugby field was uh, kids would go uh, bud bud ding ding to me because they would think that was an, an Indian-sounding noise, and the one that um, the one that Aziz Ansari uses on stage is uh, "Ching Chong Bing Bong" for people of sort of Oriental descent. Um, and it's odd how that sort of a thing. I haven't was, heard
2: either of those. actually.
0: Oh, there used to be full songs, mate. That they used to sing at me in the playground. Um, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the full lyrics. So I'm sure I'll be able to find them. Um, but yeah, there's there's um, there's all sorts of things like that. that you that sort of you don't realise how bad it was until you sort of you take a you look back with hindsight into sort of how far we've come, and it's still unacceptable now.
2: Yeah, no, of course, it's very strange. Very strange.
1: Jack, Jack's gone. No, no, it's just I'm
0: just listening, mate, because it's
2: just reflecting on the. Yeah, uh, it's uh, my. Ne- I've ne- never experienced anything like that, obviously. Which is. You'll think twice helpful.
0: before you uh, sort of call me a brown bastard in the group text next time, won't you? I will, mate. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs>
1: when he's at his next BMP meet, he'll be like, lads, you know what? Maybe we're, maybe we're wrong here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he's not happy with that one Jack. That no, he's <laughs> not. Seb's not actually in the BMP, strictly NF.
2: <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I think whatever, we're probably going off off topic a bit here lads so let's uh let's wrap it up um if you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of rule the roost podcast you can do so at uh www.rtrpod.com where you'll find links to our Acast site you can actually find the pod through Acast as well things like Acast.com, and then you just search for all the roost we're on iTunes. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at RTR underscore pod. Um, please write us reviews on the iTunes. Nobody's done that for iTunes. ages. No, they haven't. So do it. Come on. We. I'm, I'm not going to fucking guilt trip you. I know we enjoy doing this. It's a hobby. But at the same time, you know. We go out our way to do this to record this. You, you all fucking have a go at us, don't you? And when it doesn't come out on time and all that kind of stuff, yeah. So least you can do is write as a write as a review. Takes you two three minutes, right?
0: Yeah. I'll go to shit when I'm not here. Yeah, exactly. um, (laughs) Bollocks, mate. Keep telling yourself that. Keep telling yourself
1: that, (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, that's it, Lester. Just start losing some games lads. Start losing some games. Couple spurs.